Hello, I'm Vincent Ramirez, and welcome to In the Outside, the show where I talk with bold individuals who are navigating life in the public sphere, out and proud. On this edition, I talk with Kilana Spiller, a high-energy and talented comedian who's one of the local favorites in Dallas, Texas. She shares her story from growing up in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, to moving to a bigger city, where she's been able to follow her passions like playing women's professional football and becoming a stand-up comic. We discuss some of the challenges for female comedians and what it was like for her stepping on the stage for the first time, to having the opportunity to showcase her talents for an upcoming season of Heart of the City. She also shares what it's like coming to terms with her sexual orientation and, and living life with her truth. She shares what it's like living in the outside. And now, part one of my interview with Kalana Spiller. Thank you very much for allowing me to interview you and share your, you know, your personal life story and everything else. So you are Kalana Spiller. You are a comedian. Uh, you play women's football, and you're also yes. you're, you're also out, right? You're uh, you, yes, okay. all the way out, all, out loud, out loud. So that's great, and we'll get into some of those things. Um, but you know, I want to kind of get to know you a little bit more about a little bit more about you. And tell me a little bit, you know, where were you born and raised? Uh, I was born and raised in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, population of about uh, two. Oh gosh! No, I'm just, I'm just playing. <laughs> no, no, for real. Population about um, forty-five thousand. Oh, so wow. it's a real, yeah, it's not, it's not big at all. A real country town. Okay. And um, yeah, I moved here to Dallas when I was like 21. I've been here in Dallas for about 11, 12 years now. Oh wow! So what, what made you, what made you move to Dallas? I mean, coming from me, it sounds like Pine Bluff is a, a popping city. You know what? <laughs> right, right. No, well, when you think small town, small town country city, that's that's those are the kind of jobs you're gonna get in a small town country city. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Right, right. It's not, it's not really a lot of opportunities. And um, I didn't go to college fresh out of high school. You know, because I was just, you know, we had bills and I yeah. had to, you know, I had to start working and help my mom and all that kind of stuff. So I, I didn't start college right away. So um, I, I started working, started working at a, a little chicken plant. It's real popular in Arkansas. Um, Tyson Foods, you might have heard of. Oh, you gotta yeah. get your chicken from there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I used to I used to work for Tyson Foods actually, and then it just came came a point where oh my gosh! Um, so did you have to like kill the chickens, or were you just <laughs> you know what you know what's so crazy? I I never made it back there, and I did not want to be a part of it. The smell alone, walking from your car to the plant, <laughs> is horrible. But you <laughs> and it's it's crazy because they say when you're when you're actually in the plant hanging the chickens. You don't smell it that much, so the smell is worse outside. But I never made it to that side of it. Oh but my gosh! I used to, um, I used to do what they call. Uh, first, I did deboning the chicken, so I would like cut it off. So you actually worked bread. with the the chicken after it was like yes, <laughs> yes. it was like dead and <laughs> defeathered. Right, like <laughs> after they hang it, after they hung the chicken on the shackle, it, it went through a um, you know, it was on a. Not a conveyor belt, but I guess mm. kind of like I, I can't can't remember what it's called. But it goes around and they it goes into this little um, not acid, but it they they dip it into this stuff and it takes all the feathers off. But by the time the chicken came <laughs> to me, all I had to do was pull the guts out so that the inspector can inspect the inside of the uh, the chicken. I'm telling That's, you, I know. Like oh now 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 I'm craving some chicken. You know? <laughs> oh my gosh, so disgusting. So. 
long story long story short it it just wasn't a lot of opportunities it wasn't a lot of growth mm-hmm. there i mean you can get those jobs but i mean you'll be working there forever if you don't you know leave yeah yeah i can imagine so i didn't want to get caught in that trap so i left with my mom okay so so was it just you and your mom or did you um did you have family in dallas or you know yeah, well, my uncle and his family, they lived here for a long time. They were trying to convince us to move out there, like, when I was in high school. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, we, we, we waited a while, but uh, it was my mom, my two sisters, and my brother. Okay. I'm in the middle. So yeah, I'm in the middle. Oh, you're the middle child. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> wow. So, and you said you moved here when you were about 21? Yeah, I was, like, uh, 20? 20 or, no, no, you know what, it's 20. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, and did you just live around the Metroplex or did you, I mean, you've kind of been in the same area or? Man, I started out in Arlington. I started out there and um, from Arlington, I moved from Arlington, Grand Prairie, Euless, and now I'm in North Dallas. So I've been, I've been all over the place since I've been here in this 12 year span. Oh, wow. So was it, it a, right. was it hard to adjust to like from coming from a, a smaller city to trying to kind of go into obviously I mean Dallas is a pretty big metroplex you get Dallas and Fort Worth it's kind of always Mm -hmm. lumped together but um so was that transition hard or had you visited before hell yeah it was it was hard (laughs) as hell Vincent come on now I went from I went from two lane roads or street to four lane highways like that was so it's so intimidating too you know what I'm saying because everybody drives fast you know Pine Bluff it's kind of it's a slower pace even though we're all in the south and it's probably slow compared to like maybe the East Coast or the West, but oh wow, um, that yeah, Palm Bluff compared to Dallas is completely different, man. Oh wow, it, yeah, like you you could be in Palm Bluff and tell somebody you're gonna be there in five minutes and really be there in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! So it's not very big city at all, right? It's just, just no, it's it's not a big city at all. So imagine going from that to uh okay i'll see you in a minute and then you'll be stuck in traffic for 30 minutes wow well yeah uh did you so no you're also a comedian and did you start were you doing comedy back in arkansas or had you had decided that was kind of a something you wanted to do then or it was something that i've always wanted to do but you know i had stage fright and i was just afraid i i dealt with you know, I still deal with it kind of, but a lot of self-doubt and talking myself out of doing certain things, you know, out of fear. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been, been paralyzed by fear for, like, a long time. But, you know, you finally get tired, and then you you want to prove yourself wrong, you know, yeah. prove those negative thoughts that you have about yourself wrong. So, uh, You know, stage fright is a very, like, real thing for people. Uh, you know, it's, like, can be crippling to, for some people. So it's, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. as a imagine as a comedian you've got to be ready to get on that stage and you might just get those butterflies every now and then but it's showtime. right so and it, like i said it was something I, that i've always wanted to try but i would talk myself out of it you know listen to that oh you, you're not going to be that good at it telling myself all this kind of stuff but i was still writing before i even got on 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 stage i was writing jokes I didn't know what I was going to do with the jokes. I didn't know when I was going to perform the jokes, but I was just writing. I was getting in the habit of writing jokes. So, um, like a few years ago, a friend of mine, she was just like, you know, what is something that you've always wanted to do for your birthday? I think I was turning, I was 20, my 28th birthday. And she was like, what's something that you've always wanted to do? I said, well, I've always wanted to be a, uh, you know, a comedian. I've always wanted to try comedy. Mm-hmm. She was like, so as, as a gift to yourself, maybe you should do that for your 28th birthday instead of like having a dinner or going out to the club. I was like, okay, you know what? You're right. So I wrote my little five minutes. 
and <laughs> four years ago it was December 18th, 2014. That's when I first got on stage at open mic at in, um, at the Arlington Improv. Wow! So you just it went from I got to do this to I'm on stage and now you're delivering your first set. That's that's amazing. <laughs> Right, you know, because it made it made sense. It's like, you know what, I do need to do something for myself, you know, instead of, you know, uh, doing things that I think will please my family, that'll please, you know, my spouse. And, you know, I just want to do something for myself. Yeah. One. Well, that's that's awesome. And I, I had an opportunity of recently seeing uh, one of your sets and you're you're pretty damn funny. I was. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. There's a lot of little stuff that I could relate to. You talked about some of your family things, and I definitely was like, "Oh, that's my grandma." <laughs> right, right. Thank you so much. So when you first got on stage, I mean, you did a five minute set. What was that experience like? Because you mentioned you had a little bit of stage fright already. So um, was mm-hmm. it just like kind of kind of taking the plunge, or how, how did that yeah. feel for you? Man, um, well, luckily I didn't bomb. So thank God. <laughs> But, but, you know, my, uh, my friends, certain friends, you know, my friends and family have always told me that I was funny and that I should try stand up. But again, the self-doubt and the fear and all that kind of stuff, I let that get to me. So when I did my first set, my my whole family came, my mom, my two sisters and my little brother. So it felt good to have them there. Um, it was, it was good, man. It it made the, the process a lot smoother. I wasn't as, as scared as I thought I would be. So they've been pretty, so they've been, they've, from the beginning, been supportive. Do they still support your, your comedy career and everything that you're doing mm-hmm. now? Yeah, they, they still support it when they can. You know, family is busy and stuff like that. But yeah, they support when they can. That's great. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being like a female comic, I imagine it's somewhat dominated male environment to, for the most part um right have you encountered any kind of challenges when it comes to that right. H- how did you i mean have you countered anything when it comes to you know that type of stuff like you know whether yeah, it's discrimination I've, I've or... to, uh, yeah i've had to tell a guy that i was gonna call the police i didn't know what to say i was just like dude i'm gonna call the police on you if you're on chill oh, but you know you you get you go to these shows and it's nothing but a whole bunch of uh, male comics around, you know, mm-hmm. and they think yeah, they think because they're men, they can um, talk to you any kind of way. They can force themselves on you and all this kind of stuff. Wow. So it's, this, it's this particular comic around here. He was always flirtatious. And I just told him, you know, I'm not interested. No, thank you. But that didn't, you know, it didn't stop him. You know, he'll say stuff like, oh, man, you just got them big old pretty lips. Come here, let me. And then he'll like, you know, touch on my shoulders and like pull at my arms and stuff like that. I said, nigga. <laughs> you let him know you weren't playing. <laughs> yeah, I said, will you stop fucking touching me before I call the police right now? I didn't know what else to say. I was in an awkward, in an awkward um, situation. Yeah. But he didn't, um, you know, from that day forward, he didn't disrespect me anymore. But I mean, mm. a lot of a lot of female comics have to deal with it. That's got to be tough to deal with. Now, you also bring a lot of your personal life into the comedy. Did you always kind of style your comedy in that way? I mean, is it, or has it evolved over the time? Um, No, it's, I, I started that way because I wanted to be as authentic as possible. I want to be as transparent as possible. Like it's, it's, and there's nothing wrong with a comedian telling jokes. I no. mean, that's, that's what being a comedian is. You, you know, you, you watch people, you observe, you know, you turn, you turn a negative into a positive, you know, right. you, you do all the, all this stuff just to, um, you know, to build a set, I guess. Yeah. But for me, yeah, for me, I was just like, well, I, 
I, my life is pretty funny. The things that have happened to me is pretty funny. So I can, <laughs> I can just, just talk about what I know. Right, right. Just like throw it in there. And it's like, somebody's going to find this, you know, relatable or humorous. So that, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And when I, when I first started, I would, I would like study, I would like watch, you know, interviews. I would watch um, Chris Rock and just all these different comedians. I would watch them to see, you know, like um, Kevin Hart. I would watch them to see what they say about comedy. You know what I'm saying? Right. And a, a, a lot of them were saying, were pretty much saying the same thing. Like, if you're not saying anything worth listening to, why are you up there? So I can do, I can do jokes all day about, you know, little little surface stuff. You know, something something as simple as, oh, and then the dog said this. And then I was doing, you know, the, you know, those kind of made up stories and right, shit like that. Right, so I, right. can, I can do that kind of stuff. But I feel like if I personalize it, you know, if I make not just make it about me, but tell, you know, tell talk about my experiences, yeah. talk about the things that I see and stuff like that then I think people will appreciate it more. Yeah. And would you say like, um, you mentioned Chris Roar and uh, Kevin Hart, would you say that they were uh, inspirations for you in terms of like the, the comedy style that you, that you offer? Yeah. I would say not necessarily Chris Rock, but um, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart for sure. And you, you've recently worked with him, right? You have something in the works. Is that, is that accurate to say that now? (laughs) Yes, you can. Yeah. Say it. Let the world know. (laughs) It's coming. Damn it. It's coming. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, So, so you not only do comedy, right? Do you also Mm -hmm. mention you, um, when we talked that you, play women's football um yes so tell me tell me a little bit more about that what got you involved in that and how long have you been doing it yeah well i've been playing football for nine years now well no 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 no. i take that back um two with them so this is this will be my eighth season i believe if i play this season it'll be you know know what no it'll be it'll be nine if i play this year but no i play eight seasons wow yeah, it started out. I was just looking for something to to, to do to get it to get back in shape because I played sports throughout um, high school, you know, my whole life or whatever. And when you get in a routine of just working, going home, and taking care of bills and doing all this kind of stuff, you know, I kind of forgot about the physical side and how much I like, you know, playing team organized sports. So, you know, I just said one day I just looked up women's football because i played basketball i played softball i wanted to try something different so that's when i looked up uh football and i saw that the lone star mustangs was having a tryout this was back in 2009 and i went back you know i went out there and uh and tried out and made the team and i've been playing ever since wow that's impressive because you know again here's another you know type of activity that's predominantly um or men are involved in right you know most people know mm-hmm. men play football guys play football um uh-huh. and so it was very i thought it was very unique to hear that you were playing women's football and um what do you think has been maybe some of the biggest challenges that you've had to overcome with it uh first of all the player fees that's the biggest challenge <laughs> the, player you know, fees. <laughs> the player fees that's the <laughs> Man, when I when I first started, that was a challenge, man. Like we women were coming out there, we had to pay for our own equipment. You know oh, what I'm wow. saying? We had to we had to play like player fees. Like the most I paid was eleven hundred. Eleven hundred dollars. Stay tuned for part two of my interview with Kelana Spiller. Don't forget to subscribe to any outside podcast and share it with all of your friends. I was going to the club and my mom, like I was going to get clubs. <laughs> Like that, and my mom had no idea. Yeah, when I first came out, I would I would sneak clothes 
you know, like I would go out in girly clothes. <laughs> but I thought that's what you're supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I'm gay, so I need to wear these clothes to attract these kind of girls. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs>